Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Here we go. We've got kind of an interesting one, I guess, maybe. Mm? I guess we'll find out. Maybe it'll interest you. Uh, (laughs) Essentially, I left Oriental, North Carolina, en route to TJ's. Boatyard and Marina in North Carolina as well, a distance of approximately 46 miles through the tangled web of intercoastal waterways, canals, rivers, and creeks. And yeah, I have finally made it. I'm actually on the hard, but I don't want to spoiler alert or anything like that. I'm going to do a show about that uh, in the next few days because I actually recorded a show this morning. While I was at anchor, just about ready to leave. Oh, excuse me. I'm having my celebratory beer because, oh man, the disaster season is over. Finally, the boat is out of the water. She is safe and sound, and we can put this one behind us. Uh, That's what I'm hoping for because not a lot went right. It was one heck of an experience. I had a lot of good times as opposed to all the bad times, uh, the life-threatening times, all that sort of stuff. But it's in the books, folks. It's in the books. The 2022-2023 season is over. I look forward to the 2023-2024 season, but uh, we'll climb that mountain when we come to the foothills. So, Without further ado, this one is just uh, the passage, essentially, from Oriental Up, which was great. We had a lot of good wind. It was a lot of beating into the wind. Essentially, though, the I recorded this in four different chunks. Before I left, beating into the wind, making the, curn, uh, making the turn, and then being at anchor. And if you want, the audio quality is not all that great for the two times that I'm out sailing because I couldn't use the microphones for that. So if you get to it and you're like, oh, this is awful, just skip ahead to minute 25 and then I'm back at anchor and then we're good to go. So other than that, like I always say before I start the show, if you want to support this podcast and keep it running, you can join the 50-member strong Patreon group. Wow, we are one family that sticks together. I appreciate it. Through thick and thin, you guys have been absolutely fantastic, so keep it up. I really appreciate it. It's helping me pay my yard bills, I'll tell you that much. We do have also merch and things like that, hoodies. I'm still wearing my little zip-up hoodie right now. Hopefully, I'm going to get to the bottom of why we don't have zip-up hoodies for all five different lines of shirts. But regardless, the link is in the description for that. And then if you want to reach out to the show, obviously, sailingintooblivion.com, podcast link. Click on Contact the Show, and those emails will go directly to me. So without further ado, here we go on to my trip from Oriental to TJ's outside of Bellhaven, North Carolina. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Travel Channel. That is right, we will be traveling today. It is time to finally take off from Oriental, which has been phenomenal here at the Oriental Marina and Inn. 
people here are great. Not only the guests, but the staff as well. It's got a little tiki bar. I mean, what else could you ask for? A nice lawn. Seems like every single evening a gathering happens. You get to all hang out and meet new people and swap old stories. It's like, I don't know, it's like the 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 storybook type of marina that you would find uh, full of transience and and full of life. So it's been a lot of fun. I got my coffee, delicious. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, but I will say there is a I don't want to say a dark side to being on the intercoastal cuz that would be the wrong word. I guess I would say a challenging side to being on the intercoastal for old J Rome here. It's tough uh you know to be on a west sail and uh Trying to navigate all this stuff <clears throat> with very low-tech equipment is not always all that fun. Um, and just the position of having to be stood up the whole time and not uh, <laughs> not really a super comfortable viewing platform. Uh, I do wish I have this little tiller pilot thing for when I'm motoring. And it's a little hydraulic arm. You know, uh, it's not powerful enough to really steer Sparrow if if the if the waves are at all big. But we're going to. I I wish I just wish there was a little remote on it so I could, you know, keep keep looking at the nav stuff and uh, changing directions and things like that. But can't quite do that, and that's all wishful thinking at this point. <clears throat> but hey, at least I don't have to hand steer the whole time. Only when it gets really tight and the currents get pretty strong. But we're looking at uh, essentially leaving Oriental, and I finally have the chart in front of me this time, so I can throw out some of these names. But I am, you leave Oriental and go out into the Noose River, do about five, six miles on that, and then we cut up and get into the Bay River. And then from the Bay River, we're going to go into a little canal. And in that canal, Another, like, probably six to eight to ten miles or so. And then uh, there's a couple of nice little creeks, which I think I may end up pulling off in and anchoring for the evening. Not too sure. The winds are going to be pretty light. Um, and then it's just a shot across to uh, the Pamlico River to get up on the Pungo River, and then, essentially, uh, wait, uh-oh, I'm lost already, no, there we go, uh, up towards Bellhaven, and that's where, basically, I'll be hauling the boat out, so, that is the end of the adventure for this season, let's just hope that, uh, the old engine holds out just fine, and, we get out of here just fine, and uh, we're able to anchor just fine. Pulled the anchor out, got all that all set up, and uh, we're pretty much uh, ready to go. Ready to go. So I thought what I would do today is, uh, and I'm not sure if it's actually going to work or not. I'm recording this in the morning. We're still on the dock. So with this little recording device, I can also record without the microphone, up on deck, supposedly with this little guinea pig-looking uh, windbreaker cover, <clears throat> and hopefully be able to uh, 
sort of take us through some of this and what I'm looking at and all that sort of stuff and how it's going. So if that works out, that'll be great. If not, it'll just be a podcast of this morning, <laughs> you know, starting out to then uh, at Anchor and doing another podcast then. And putting both of them together is like a uh, uh, a one-two sort of thing. But yeah, it should be pretty cool. You know, do the standard stuff, check the oil, get the sails kind of ready. I mean, the wind's going to be a little bit on the nose in the beginning, but, you know, at least having the mainsail ready to go, uh, ready to hoist in case, you know, the engine does end up cutting out. That's always a must-do, a little seamanship right there. Um, obviously, the anchor is ready as well. And down below is nice and stowed in case whatever, you know, you never know. You might get a big old squall or something like that. So you want to be ready for it to get a little hairy and just hope it really doesn't. But, uh, yeah, essentially it looks like it's a pretty doable little trip and, uh, got it sort of all marked out here. I did have it all marked out. I guess it erased all that. I'm using a different program this time. I used to use an app called NavX and, uh, it's all right, but it wasn't quite as detailed as I wanted it. And this one, Navionics, is far more detailed. And that's that's pretty cool. I can zoom in a whole lot more. And uh, I don't know. It just gives me gives me a little bit more uh, confidence, I suppose. But we will we will sort of see. And again, I'm just using it right on a, a little iPad and. And it does make it pretty convenient. I mean, compared to sitting and doing this with charts, uh, which would be doable for sure, but definitely tricky when you don't have, um, you know, a second person on board so that you can keep moving while the other person's, you know, down below looking and staring at the thing and trying to figure out if you're going to run into anything. But, you know, got the binoculars ready to go. Um the VHF and everything like that. Uh, I did have a little issue charging my handheld, but I'm going to give that a go here in a second and see if I can get that sucker to at least get a little bit of juice in her. And um, yeah, other than that, it should be a fun little trip. The weather looks like it's going to be good. Maybe a little rain later on tonight around 9-ish or something, but pretty much just about a, a 9-knot wind from the northeast turning to the east. Um, but I'm going to be in pretty protected areas, except for the, probably just about, I don't know, a couple of miles, five miles maybe, will be sort of uh, uh, what you would call open water. Hmm, not open ocean, but open water. And uh, But hopefully by that point I will actually uh, be able to sail for those miles, which would actually be pretty nice. So... Other than that, that's that's about it. Yeah, I just want to thank the people at Oriental for being so welcoming and uh, so much fun, too. Holy cow, met so many people. I got a stack of boat cards. I wouldn't even believe it. I got to, like, kind of makes me want to make my own boat cards. But, um, yeah, other than that, we're it's going to be, it's always pretty fun to watch in the morning, you know, as people kind of peel out of here. And the place goes from totally packed to totally empty for a little bit and then, that's pretty much when I'm going to go, when I have as much room as uh, I ever could have. So that's uh, that's pretty much me in a jiff in the morning, uh, ready to uh, get ready to go. 
So, uh, yeah, we will continue this on, and, uh, yeah, hopefully it will be a good and uh, fun little day. All right, we'll check back in later on the move. All right, we are here uh, in hour number three, coming in, yeah, about hour number three out here. We've tacked probably six times. We're beating hard into the wind. I'd say it's blowing a good... uh, Oh, 15 to 20. It seems to be easing off, though. Uh, right now, I've got double-reefed main and staysail depowered. Uh, just because I didn't want a total rough-and-tumble sail. Not much chop, really. I'd say two-footers every once in a while. Uh, possible two-and-a-half. But you can hear the wind. There we go. I'm going to give you that. But I'm ducked under my sweet Dodger with its new Isenglass. Thank you, Adam, down there at uh, Ladies Island for that one. Because I can actually see it was so frosted, uh, you would have thought you were in dense fog the whole time. But now this is great. Uh, You know, I left the marina and, uh, well, before I left, there were other people on motorboats that uh, took off and uh, came right back. Said it was like Lake Erie out there. And... I kind of thought, ooh, what am I getting into here? This is uh, definitely, uh, part of me was like, oh, I thought I was just going to motor up there. And then other part of me was like, oh, wait a minute, this could be fun. So, uh, it has been fun. It's been an actual blast, and I'm not going to lie, this has probably been the funnest part, the funnest sailing uh, that I've been able to do so far since I left South Carolina. Maybe except for that first day, but yeah it's uh quite lovely out here there are oddly enough a lot of boats sailboats that are just motoring into this and they're all going the same way they're all on the intercoastal i believe so we have to get about six seven miles upwind and then we can sort of reach across the wind the last bit to get up to this canal to avoid this bombing range supposedly and uh yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I, oh man, I mean, you couldn't pay me enough to slog straight into this stuff, uh, burning up all that diesel, but to each their own, obviously. Uh, but it is kind of interesting to watch uh, as these these boats are pitching. I mean, bows coming out of the water, you can see their anti-fouling paint, and that cannot be fun because they're definitely not going very fast. I'm keeping pace with them, just tacking back and forth here on Sparrow. Ah, I'll tell you, it is kind of funny, and Sparrow does this to me every once in a while, where, uh, or not Sparrow, but the sea, I suppose, will kind of punish me in some certain ways, and make life a little uncomfortable, and not fun, and all that sort of stuff, and then just about the tail end, it'll usually give me a nice little surprise, very similar to the old trail magic on the Appalachian Trail, where just when all the chips are down and you're ready to call it a day, suddenly something happens and it's just beautiful again. Let me do my little look around here. Ah, there we go. We're looking good. All right. Ah, let me duck and cover again. Oh, boy, this is nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. To tell you the truth, we sailing around all this uh, land and stuff and all these shallows, but uh, the Navionics are definitely making it super easy. So I have that going for me. 
And yeah, Sparrow's performing pretty well. We're doing... Oh, 4.9 knots beating into the wind. I don't really beat into the wind, especially when it's choppy like this. Uh, we're more or less just close reaching. And that, uh, you know, 70 degrees off the wind or something. So we are making a little bit of headway, but not a whole lot. You know, if I, if I go hard on the wind, we just start hobby horsing in this, in this bit of chop. And that is no fun because our speed drops below three and then you just feel like you're going nowhere. So I'd rather actually have the sensation of sailing. That to me is worth everything. So it's a beautiful day. Uh, we got very little cloud cover. Uh, it's warm. I'm just wearing a pair of uh, uh, board shorts, which is nice. That's uh, it's just I don't know. It's it's lovely. It's lovely in almost every every sense of the word out here. And I'm definitely going to be sailing for the next probably oh six hours or so. I would say before pulling into this creek, if not a little less. And then I've got a about an hour or so motor up the creek, depending on what the tide and everything is doing whether it's with me or against me and then uh, a couple of different anchorages you know on that old seamanship uh, route got a few few little spots where I can tuck in uh, if it gets late go ahead and anchor and uh, yeah luckily this whole area is just riddled with creeks and rivers and little areas where you can go ahead and anchor off which is pretty nice and yeah it's just a lovely day out here. I'm listening to a little music. I don't have it on now because of the podcast, obviously. But oh, Mongo's just churning away back there. Um, yeah, I think the most uh, hardest thing right now is keep applying the old sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, so it's been good. And I'm finally, in the beginning, like there was only maybe a mile uh, of fairway. And so it was tacking, you know, every... 10 15 20 minutes now it's uh now it's widened out so we get a good half hour or so on each tack which is great and uh pretty soon i think i think two more or th in on three more on the third next tack if that makes sense we'll be uh able to crack off the wind a little bit and head due north and up to our turn and then uh then we'll be on easy street then it'll be uh probably definitely shaking out to the first reef powering up get a get the boogie moving and uh, we'll just go from there but boy it is beautiful you know for this place it's not one of those spots where every bit of land is just covered with houses there are lots of forested regions and it's uh, quite beautiful quite stunning I always think in, when I'm in these places, what would it have looked like before there was any development? And I got to tell you, it would have been stunning. Absolutely stunning. So ah, that's it for Mighty Sparrow update number two on this uh, little jaunt up towards our haul out spot. And uh, yeah, other than that, I'm so thankful to have this beanbag thing. My back is, I, I think I mentioned my back and the sciatica and all that stuff. It's a challenge, uh, you know, it really is. And it was, it was kind of stupid of me to think that I could just go out to sea and I could deal with it, but um, that was definitely an incorrect assumption for sure. 
But I'm starting to find little little ways to sit and stand and do all that. The hardest part, honestly, uh, the hardest day of the whole trip so far was running up the intercoastal to get to Oriental because I have to really be standing straight uh, so I can see what the heck is going on and what's in front of me and all the navigation. So hopefully it won't be so bad on this little canal that we have to get into, but if uh, the weather is nice and protected in there... I'm going to definitely do a podcast uh, of canal, the canal show. What it's like to be on this skinny little river and uh, eyeballs going from up to looking at this thing while you motor uh, along. So should be pretty cool. I'm uh, Obviously, you can probably hear in my voice that I'm pretty darn happy to be out and sailing away and really just being powered up. This is a nice breeze, really nice. And I, I kind of, I'm just enjoying it. There's one other sailboat that's sailing, a catamaran, and they're double reefed as well. And they are, I'm actually kind of keeping up with them because obviously they can't point very high either. Um, probably less than I can. So I've been able to sort of keep pace. So that's kind of cool. But all right, other than that, that's about it. Wow, I wonder how loud that was. We'll have to sort of see. Anyway, check back later. All right, nearly six, six to six and a half hours in, and we made our turn. We are now downwinding, and the seas are easing to about a one to one and a half foot chop. But now it's pushing us, which is lovely. And uh, yeah, can't ask for much more. This is great. I'm in the Bay River, and uh, we've got just a couple of channel marks about. 20 minutes or so before we get to a spot where I am going to douse the sails and go ahead and kick the old engine on and then we're in this little canal for kind of the rest of the day and I think I'm going to find a little spot somewhere along the lines uh, up in there somewhere which could be pretty cool. I have not been at anchor for a night in a long long time and uh I think it might be nice, actually, to just sort of kick back and relax a little bit. Um, yeah. So what a sail. What a sail. Uh, we were just blasting along there. Ended up shaking out the second reef because we were going a little too slow. And actually, right now, I probably should put that, shake the other reef out, but there's so little sailing left that I don't... I don't think it's really worth it, but a couple other boats around, not too much traffic, which is always nice. I'm uh, not a huge fan of ducking and dodging. Didn't even have the AIS alarm on, there was no reason, but I did make some coffee. A little mid-afternoon pick-me-up. I have a couple of brewskis for when I the anchor hits the bottom. That'll be kind of nice, and uh, hopefully get... A good night's sleep. I know we're gonna get some rain and stuff tonight, but I'm not too worried. It should be okay. Actually, that'll be kind of nice. Give me a little fresh water rinse because boy, we got a lot of salt water on us today. Um, not me, because my Dodger is awesome, but because the uh, splashing of the waves. It was actually pretty uh, uh, not wet snaily today, which is really nice. We were booking. There was 
Uh, obviously, it was because of the tide, but or the current. But on one tack, we were doing like four and a half or four, and the other tack, we were doing like six to six and a half, which is awesome. And luckily, it was the one we were doing. Right now, we're doing 5.8 steady, screaming downwind, and that is fantastic. It was a little, not really sketchy, but uh, there's the Maw Point Shoal and they've got a, the channel marker way out there but I cut inside of it quite a ways because I was like meh I'm seeing 15s but I know that these waters around here the shoals especially move around quite a bit so always got to be wary of that I don't like to cut channel markers if it's not really necessary so not seamanship like by any means but other than that it's been really uh, kind of a fantastic, invigorating day, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I know it's not over, so I don't want to jinx it by any means uh, and have disaster strike, but it really has been nice. It's been nice just to sail, and, and surprisingly, after all those tacks and all that sort of stuff, it does feel, my back feels pretty darn good. Uh, I, I dare I say better than it's felt in many, many, many weeks. So I don't know if I worked it out or uh, what what happened, but all this movement and the leaning of the boat, maybe I've uh, turned a corner, which would be very nice. So, oh, lovely. And it's kind of a cloudy day, which is actually a little bit nice because I got roasted uh, out on the ocean and... Yeah, it's always nice to take a little break from uh, the old sunburn look. The old, they used to, I remember Captain Kinto down in the BVI used to always call me uh, Lobster. Hey, what's up, Lobster? That and he'd call me Vanilla Bean. <laughs> Good old Captain Kinto. Snorkel King of the BVI. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that's really all the update for now. Um, I don't really have much else to say. We're just downwinding. I'm going to probably listen to a little podcast because i got another probably half hour, 45 minutes before I get to the spot where I can actually uh, douse the sails and fire up the old engine. But oh, it's been nice, and I'll definitely sleep well tonight for sure. Um, I actually was sleeping really well for the past few nights uh, over there at the Oriental Marina and Inn, and that was just fantastic there is even on just a six-day trip out at sea there's a fatigue that lingers uh, for the solo sailor in us all and uh, yeah it's it's definitely refreshing to catch up on it. and I'll tell you one thing holy smokes the dreams that I was having wow vivid crazy unreal uh, almost a kind of lucid dreaming where you sort of knew you were like wow this is a crazy dream well let's go do whatever we want in it then but uh yeah uh, i wish everybody could just see what i'm seeing because it is uh it's you know a guy could get used to this coastal cruise and stuff now you know don't don't jump to the conclusion that uh the ocean's off limits anymore because uh, the only drawback is the color of the water is uh, kind of a putrid brown green and uh, if for my money I'd like a nice bit of the old uh, icy beautiful cobalt royal blue if that's actually one color. Uh, so, but it is fun, you know, and it's, 
obviously I'm always a little hesitant when I have to, you know, come into these new places and do all these things because, yeah, problems can arise, but you do have to remember, just like out on the open ocean, you'll rise to the occasion. And worrying about this stuff doesn't do any good. And really, the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the more your confidence builds. And I've said that to a million people, and then you forget your own words and Sometimes you just got to take a little bit of your own medicine, as my mother used to say. Shout out, Mom. Um, cool. That's the update for now. We'll check back in when we're motoring up the canal. Hopefully the sound of the engine won't be too annoying, but we will see. All right, check back in later. All right, welcome to the wrap-up show here aboard Mighty Sparrow. We are at anchor. I know I wanted to bring you a... Uh, a little bit of a show from from the little canal that I was in. Let's get the name of that. It's the first time I've been actually ready. Oh man, I'll tell you what. I just had a uh, some one a fellow fellow uh, sailor or he's on a motor yacht, but uh, uh, over at Oriental. I'm like confused after drinking this thing. It's crazy. It's a voodoo ranger. He left me two of them. Uh, said he didn't have room, quote unquote, in his cooler. I think he was just being nice. Uh, his name was Chris. And yeah, woo, holy cow. It's called, yeah, voodoo ranger. I purely, yeah, and I look at the, the alcohol is 9%. It's way more than a bush light. Holy smokes. <laughs> woo, that'll make me go to sleep. Um, but sleep I will not. We've got thunderstorms incoming. Oh, Lordy. We are here. So I left you uh, as we were leaving the Bay River and entering the ICW and this canal. Come on, what's the name of it? I'm scrolling. Boy, I, I really enjoyed having the old Navionics instead of Navex. Holy cow. I feel like Navex is like a knockoff. Um, this is just way easier, way easier. Uh, all right. Well, they don't tell me. Never mind. Uh, no props, no props here. But anyway, uh, I was on a canal for, you know, good amount, good amount of time. Um, let's call it at this point seven, let's call it like eight miles, maybe seven miles and pretty tight in there. Um, so it wasn't really the best time to record and all that sort of stuff. You really got to stay on the ball. You know, obviously Sparrow doesn't have a depth sounder or anything like that. And last thing you want is to lose it, run aground, any of that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, so I just kept my cool, kept the podcast equipment away, motored away. The motor worked absolutely flawlessly. Knock on wood, one more day, we get in there and we're good. I don't know. I mean, you know, I think the problems that I was having coming up the ICW to Buford way, way back in December, where it was revving and starved of fuel and all that sort of stuff, I think that really just came down to um, the fuel filters being all clogged up. I'm pretty sure that's that's all it really was. So, you know, no big deal was able to and there was some gunk in the lines that's for sure um but i'm i think we're we're pretty much good i'm not gonna quote myself on that because tomorrow's a whole nother day we do have a bit of motoring but not much i'm 
hoping if the winds are out of the east to be able to sail pretty much 98% of the way. Uh, I'll even sail down this last bit of the canal because it's not that narrow anymore. I'm like at the opening of it. So, you know, it's one of those things that you get on these really skinny canals. And I actually talking to some of the loopers um, the other day, they were kind of like, yeah, you know, sometimes sailboats keep like a little scrap of sail up and and then we sort of have to get out of their way, but you can tell their engines are running all that stuff. And for my money, I wouldn't want to have a sail up, especially on those like really tight areas, uh, just because things can go wrong. Uh, if, if all of a sudden winds shift or squall comes in, then you got to deal with the sail. I mean, I suppose it'd be different if you have a crew with you. So there is that, but... For me, as a solo sailor, I want to make things as bulletproof and as safe as possible. So anchors at the ready, sails are at the ready, but I'm going to motor down the intercoastal so I'm as maneuverable as possible because I like to give way. I like to shift over to all of these yachts that are, if you're going faster than me, hey, you know what? I'm going to make it as easy as possible to overtake me. Let me grab a actual brewski. Got some Coors Lights in here. I don't think they sell BL, uh, Bush Light, oh, down there in, or around here in North Carolina, because I, I don't think I've ever seen one, but, oh, I am just, oh, it's just so nice to just kick back and relax. I have forgotten the joys of being at Anchor. It really is, there's a sense of solitude to it. You have this beautiful place, and, you know, there's no creaking lines like at the marinas, um, and just, you know, you know, nobody's going to come up and rock up to you and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? Not that I mind that by any means at the marinas, but you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> so, <clears throat> oh, it just feels darn good to be doing something a little different. Cheers to shaking it up. Oh, man. I just let some more chain out because I uh, obviously got to check the weather. We're getting close to nighttime, sunset and all that sort of stuff. And I know we were going to get rain, but I didn't realize we were going to get like thunderstorms. So possibility some some high wind squalls and everything is there. I'm in a, a decently protected little area, so I'm not worried about the waves. But Sparrow loves to jog on anchor. And in the islands, my technique for that was always to actually run two anchors. So I have a Danforth, which is usually just attached with Spectra, um, pretty heavy-duty stuff, but about 20 feet of Spectra. And then that gets attached to the heel of the plow anchor that I have, which, I don't know, is probably like a 30-pound plow or something like that, 20-pound. I'm not too sure. It seems small for the size of the boat. And, you know, you let the Danforth down and then ease out and then off of the plow is just chain. And as those two bite, holy smokes, boat's not going anywhere. Uh, I've watched it, you know, ride out pretty hefty gales down in the Caribbean and jog all she wants. She's not pulling both of them, which is great. I, I learned my lesson one year down in Dominica when... I'm sitting on the beach outside of Eustis Water Sports uh, 
Center, which is called Wind Dance. I think it's still there. And uh, Burgess's little tiki bar. And essentially, big, you know, it's jogging around. The winds are piping. They're up in the 20, 25 knot range. And Sparrow only has the plow out there. The ground is not great for holding. There's a lot of turtle grass. Essentially try to try to drop that anchor in like a big hole so it grips onto it. But <clears throat> all of a sudden, Sparrow's drifting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I grabbed a kayak, got out to it. Luckily, there's, you know, it's not Lee Shore or anything like that. But, you know, it's kind of a wake-up call. Because a lot of times, I get to these islands or these places, and at least back then, I had a dinghy. So I would take off, and, you know, I'd be gone for the whole day sometimes. And I didn't feel comfortable doing that until I got to the, came to that realization. And, and that method was something I learned in one of Bernard Mortissier's books. Uh, the last one that I believe is like second wife put together or something like that of, of all of his notes. But he talks about different, different anchor configurations and things like that. So it seems to work really well. I mean, I know there's that whole idea of putting an anchor out, you know, one way and then 45 degrees the other way. You know, I've tried that and all I find is that it pulls one anchor and then it pulls the other. But again, Sparrow jogs like and when I say jogs, she's she's going her bow gets caught by the wind and it pushes her way over this way and then it rounds up and then way over the other way. A lot of boats are just really they heal on on anchor and Sparrow is like, let me off of this chain. I want out. Get me to the ocean. So, you know, it's a little bit of a special uh, special relationship we've got at anchor where I essentially have to really pin it down. And tonight, you know, I'm in a big, muddy, silty place where the anchor is just slowly going to be burying itself more and more. But I let out a little bit more. I'm in about eight feet of water. And I, the only way I know that is that I tied a hammer to a piece of line and I dropped that over the side. And I think we should be pretty good. Um, there's probably about 30 or 40 feet of chain out there. Uh, so that, that should be pretty good on the scope. And there's really only a couple of boats around, but they're way off. There's a lot of room here. And so we'll see. Um, my The interesting part, what I'll have to do seamanship-wise, I guess, is add, there. luckily there's a few houses around, so um, I'll be able to line up some sort of transit because, you know, as, as good as the electronics are and all that sort of stuff, I can watch and see if I'm dragging or anything, but eh, something just perfect about a transit and if i can line something up that will allow me to hop out of my bunk which i'm sure i will when things start rocking and just check and be like oh yeah no we're still right where we were because chances are it'll be a pretty dark night but yeah other than that oh cook some dinner and um yeah really i'm just kind of trying to enjoy enjoy the solitude and quiet of being at anchor and tomorrow we've we've pretty much got uh, eh, not quite the same uh, we knocked off over half of what we had to uh, today actually well over so essentially we have 16 miles to go and mostly going due north 
And if the winds are out of the east again, then it's just going to be set the sails on anchor, pull that anchor up, and boogie out of here and sail the whole way up there until the very, very last bit. I have a couple of spots where I can stop an anchor in case uh, when I call the yard, they say no go, no go, which, uh, you know, often happens. Working in a yard gives me a little bit of insight into why that happens and all that sort of stuff. And the one thing I can tell everybody for sure is you don't ever want to get the yard manager or the yard hands or the yard in general mad at you. You want to start off on a good foot and be understanding and all that sort of stuff because, you know, they're in the service industry, but they're uh, outliers, let's just say. And most boat yards are so busy that uh, the idea of like, oh, we need every customer we can get, it's pretty much out the window. So mind your P's and Q's. We'll get you out when we're ready to get you out. And it's way better to be friendly than uh, be that guy who's like, what, what? you told me we were supposed to, da, da, da. you know, and I, I understand. I understand. It's not lost on me that, you know, you call a boatyard and say, hey, when can I haul out? And they say, well, we'll have you haul out at 1030 tomorrow. I'll be here. Be ready. You get there and they're like, we're not ready. Well, guess what? We're also dependent on other people to make sure they're ready because typically there's a line and, you know, hey, things go wrong. I've always said to people that, listen, if you've, if you've booked to haul your boat out, that is your day. Like, be ready in the morning. Expect to maybe have to wait till the end of the day, but enjoy that day. That's your haul out day. It should be celebrated. It's not a nerve-wracking thing. It's only nerve-wracking if you make it nerve-wracking. Those yard guys, they want to help you out, but if you come in there hot, screaming memes being like you told me to be here but <laughs> from experience it just doesn't uh it doesn't happen and I, and I was a cooler i was the guy you know uh oh what what was my title <laughs> my unofficial title was guest liaison so that uh when things got too heated i'd i'd come in in between the yard manager and the customer and smooth things over make sure communication was being you know held at a premium that's uh that's that's one of the big things it doesn't happen a lot but oh i'm looking forward to being in the yard i can't wait to get to the yard it's uh there's something about boats out of the water don't have to worry about it but i was thinking i've got to strip this boat like i'm in the hurricane zone now this was not a light decision to make. Um, we're talking, you know, normally up in Maine, I could leave quite a lot of this stuff right where it was. I'm not going to do that this time. We're talking mainsail, boom, uh, spray skirts, dodger, probably, maybe, possibly pulling that solar panel off the gallows even. That's how crazy I'm thinking about getting. Uh, essentially, I want a flush deck. And who knows, uh, depending on what sort of heavy equipment these guys have, I might even, excuse me, oh, that pizza, holy cow. I might even end up uh, pulling the mast off just, just because, and you yank the mast. Uh, I, I thoroughly need to inspect it and probably should change out all of the tangs, the little plates that, 
you know, get bolted through the mast and the, the shrouds are hooked on too. Cause there's, you know, those aren't too expensive and they've taken a serious blow over this last trip, but also over the last bunch of years. So might be a good idea. Might be a good idea to just, uh, have them yank the mast and there's a little less windage in case a big, big storm comes, but trying to think of what else i guess i'm going to ask them what they think is appropriate as far as you know if a hurricane comes like is it something where i have to travel down here and throw straps and and ground screws in or something like that or who knows maybe they already have like anchor points so they can just strap all the boats down because i don't know it's going to be kind of interesting so yeah yeah all righty well that is pretty much it from today's voyage from oriental to oh i wonder if this creek has a name i'm gonna dox myself tonight because this podcast isn't gonna come out until lord only knows when east ham creek almighty sparrows at east ham creek so oriental to east ham uh uh does it tell me how many? Uh... No, it doesn't. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you, that's kind of one of the sad things. It's low tech. Can't figure out how many miles I went today. I'm gonna guess and say about 25. So let's just let's just chalk it up to that. But yeah, good times. Successful. A little stressful, but not really. It was pretty good. The only issue I had was. Uh, and it's still just uh, ever since the very beginning. I remember the first time this happened on the trip from Dominica back to the BVI, the second solo trip I ever did. I was on the Saba Bank and the wind dies. I'm trying all these different sails. I'm sweating. I thought I was going to have heat stroke. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to turn on the engine. I'm going to turn on the engine and I just can't get water to flow. And I know there's no, there's nothing plugging it up or anything like that. And essentially, the way there's the through hull that has a big hose that then goes to the sea strainer that then gets sucked in through the impeller, right? Well, that hose, for whatever reason, goes up around the battery bank and then comes to the sea strainer. And the sea strainer could probably be lowered down a little further as well. Uh, but essentially, I solved the problem by just cracking open the sea strainer until water started to flow. And then, and I guess you would call that an airlock. But if it happens every single time, essentially what it means is that every single time I have to open the engine compartment and all that stuff and get in there, and it's not what I want to do. I'd love, love to get Sparrow to the point where I don't have to open the engine locker unless I want to actually check the oil or transmission fluid or take a look. I would like to just flip the switch, press the start button, and it fires up and goes. Probably going to take a new engine before that happens. Probably. Just saying. Maybe not, but probably. A Perkins 4108, yes, it's great. It's like a, a freight train. As long as it's running, it's just going to keep on running. And she's always done a great job for me outside of all the problems that I've had. But it's still, you know, uh, if I had probably a little 36-horse Yami brand spanking, anybody want to throw that into the kitty, you know? I know they cost about ten grand or whatever, but uh, 
That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be the greatest yard project donation uh, I think I've ever seen. I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, I would I would feel bad almost if somebody wanted to give me one of those. But that that's kind of the goal. I think the two main projects, without going too far off into the weeds here, are brand new sales and a brand new engine. And all of a sudden... We're on a whole different level, folks. We are on a South Pacific, round the world, you know, trade wins. Uh, you know, the confidence level would be very high. Let's just say that. So, all right. Well, obviously that IPA went to my head, and uh, I think I'm going to shut it down after that. But I uh, hope you all enjoyed the day. Hopefully the... Uh, the ones that I did just with this little recorder out out in the cockpit were sufficient enough as far as the audio quality goes. But, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and until next time.